Good morning, Campbell River Baptist Church, and welcome this morning to our online service. We're so excited that you can join us this morning um, as Pastor Dwight talks about uh, miracles once again in our Miracle Series number four. Uh, Today, I hope that you have your hot beverage in hand and join us for the next 30 or 40 minutes, and hopefully you have a great rest of your week. Good morning, everyone. My name is Erwin, and this morning we're going to be reading from Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evil men, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither, like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Hey everyone, Emma here. I was on vacation for two weeks, but now I'm back. We are doing some exciting things here at the church that I am personally very excited for. You may not have heard, but actually this September, we are going to be doing some live streams. It's gonna be a lot more similar to a Sunday service before COVID happened. And so we're really excited about that. All the ideas are forming, sets are being made. It's super exciting. One of the things to note with that is that when we live stream, we are going to be using YouTube as our main platform. You can see right now with our pre-recorded services, we're also going on YouTube. So just get ready to start going over to YouTube more often. We're wanting to push you guys towards that platform so you can get comfortable with it. But of course, we will still have Facebook premieres in the meantime. Lastly, I just wanna highlight small groups. As always, small groups we feel are very important right now in this time. Community is something we are all looking for. We are wanting to encourage you guys to get into a small group if you haven't already. It doesn't need to be complicated. Look at the people around you. Ask them if they wanna meet with you weekly and be intentional. Let us know if we can do anything to help you guys. We have curriculums, we have ideas, and we just wanna support you. Hi, I'm Leora, and I'm the Children's Director here at Campbell River Baptist Church. Today, I'd like to spend a little bit of time, first of all, thanking you for being a part of our community here in Campbell River. It's such a difficult season for us to be connecting and being a part of what God is doing here in Campbell River, but we know that God is at work. He's at work in your lives, and He's at work in the lives of all of the churches in Campbell River. One of the things I would like to be praying for us for today is just that, the churches of Campbell River, All of us are having a really hard time trying to figure out what to do in this season and everyone has to make a decision around what they feel is right for their community and the people in it. It's really challenging right now to make those decisions and so today I want to pray for our churches as they're making those decisions on how to gather, how to support one another, how to encourage one another and lift each other up. It is such a challenging season so would you pray for for us and with us over this. The other thing I want to be praying for today as we think about moving forward in our ministries, Radiant Life is serving its last meal out of Radiant Life building. We will hopefully be able to continue to serve meals to the vulnerable in our community and some of the other ministries that ran out of that building, but we will no longer be working out of the building downtown in Campbell River. I'd like to pray today for that community of people and also as an exciting rejoicing over all the people that have served out of that place. So if you'll join me in prayer today. God, 
thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are the same God today, tomorrow, and the same God of yesterday. God, I thank you that none of what is going on today has taken you by surprise and that you know what's going on. Father, I just pray for wisdom for all of our church leaderships in Campbell River. All of our churches are trying to figure out how to serve and glorify you. And so God, I just pray that you would give us wisdom and creativity and patience and kindness and love towards one another as we reach out to the community around us, those that are on a walk with you already and those that haven't begun that walk yet. God, I just pray for this next season as we look forward to the fall and the things that you have planned for us. God, I pray that you would help us to walk in those things with uh, courage, that we would walk in those things with wisdom and creativity and with love, God. Father, I also thank you for the opportunity that we've had over the years to be able to be a part of the things that have gone on through the building of Radiant Life. God, I thank you for the opportunity to serve our community from that location for the time that we've had that building. I thank you that we've been able to be faithful stewards of that space and be able to serve the vulnerable in our community. God, I do want to pray for the vulnerable in our community that are losing this place as a safe place for them to go. God, I pray that you would raise up in Campbell River a place for them to be, to go, to feel safe, to get warm. God, I pray that you would provide that for the people. God, I also pray for our church family, that we would know how to best continue to serve those in our community that need that physical help of meals and clothing and other things. God, please give us wisdom as we need to know that, how to serve people in our community. Uh, thank you for this time that we've had together today to gather. God, I pray for Pastor Dwight as he is preaching for us today, as he's bringing your word to us. God, I pray that you would open our ears, open our hearts to be able to hear your word for us today, that we would be able to hear it, God, and not just hear it with our minds, but bring it forward with our actions. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Miracles and Faith Faith seems to be involved in the activity of God and miracles. However, I'm always wary of those sermons. You know those ones that say, just have more faith, or you need more faith? My question is, how do you do that? Do you squint your eyes and try real hard? This morning I want to look at a few thoughts to help us on our way with this faith and belief thing. We don't want to give up on miracles. And we don't want to give up on a God of miracles, and we especially don't want to give up on a God who still does miracles today. Faith in miracles. Do I have faith? What is faith? What is belief? What is trust? Good morning. This is number four in our summer series called Miracles. Now the passage that we're going to look at in our Bibles is Mark chapter 9. It's about the casting out of an evil spirit from a young boy. But before we look at the young boy, let me tell you a story about a little girl. Little Katie was four years old, and she had a serious case of poison ivy from head to toe. It was really bad. Uh, they had a friend who was a doctor, and they said, well, I'll put this stuff on her, but basically you're just going to have to wait it out. Katie said, Daddy, would you pray that Jesus would take away my poison ivy? So Pastor Daddy thought, Okay, I'm going to pray a kind of soft, somewhat generic prayer so that if nothing happens, which probably nothing will, it won't rattle her faith. And so he prayed a safe, shallow prayer. Now Katie said, Daddy, that's not how they taught us to pray at church. 
we're supposed to pray like this. Jesus, I know you can do it, so please heal me. Thank you for doing this. Amen. That's how you pray, Daddy. Well, Daddy thought, this might be your first lesson in unanswered prayer. Next day, little Katie got up really early. She came running into her parents' bedroom, completely naked, no clothes on. She said, Daddy, ta-da! Daddy said, go get some clothes on, naked kid. What are you doing? She said, no, Daddy, ta-da! Daddy said, what are you doing, naked bird? Put some clothes. Katie said, Daddy, look, ta-da! And then he saw it. There was no sign of poison ivy anywhere on the little kid's body. God had healed it. It was absolutely gone. So we're talking about faith, the faith of a child. Jesus said, a little bit of faith can move mountains. In, Mar in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus is speaking. He says, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Well, you know, mountains seem to move my faith instead of the other way around. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, verse 1, we have that famous verse that says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is sure and certain. Why is it, though, that my faith is often unsure and uncertain? I believe in God absolutely. I believe that God can do all things, just not so sure that he will when I ask. It's interesting, Martin Luther King Jr. had a, a saying, he said, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. It's vacation time. Many of you have been on vacation or making plans to go on vacation. It's August and it's the last part of summer. While it's important to go away and recreate and rejuvenate, some of us don't like going on vacation because it's just too much work. I remember in ministry there were times where I would spend two weeks of overtime getting everything ready so that I can be away for two weeks. And then when I get back, I spend another two weeks of overtime cleaning up the problems and the work that's piled up. You get a mountaintop experience when you're away, and when you come back down from the mountain, it's backed into the valley of problems. Well, Jesus experienced some of that in Mark chapter 9. His disciples as well, those students that were following him. Well, some disciples witnessed a mind-boggling display of the character of our Lord Jesus that would build up their faith. Others of the disciples were exposed to a very desperate situation and struggled with a sort of kind of faith. And that's what we're really looking at this morning, sort of kind of faith. Jesus took three of his disciples on a hike up a high mountain. There was just Peter, James, and John with Jesus. He was transformed in their presence. His clothes became dazzling white, and two Old Testament prophets, Moses and Elijah, were appeared with him and were talking to him. Peter was so freaked out that he suggested putting up three shelters for them, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then to top it all off, a cloud appeared and a voice came from the cloud that said, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. And then poof, everything was gone, except Jesus and the disciples 
and they headed back down the mountain. A real mountaintop experience. But when they came down to where the other disciples were, they saw a large crowd, and the teachers of the law were arguing with everybody. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. And it tells us that uh, Jesus began talking to these men and the teachers of the law. And he says, what are you arguing with them about? The man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Well, there was a little kid with an evil spirit, the presence of a demon in his body, and it was displaying as a very severe mental illness. The disciples tried to cure this kid. They tried to do the miracle, but they couldn't do it. The religious people saw this as a chance to attack Jesus. And so this argument was going on. Could they do it? Could they not? Where Was Jesus have the power or not? There's the pain of being a parent watching your child go through pain. When you go through stuff, it hurts. When someone you love goes through stuff, it hurts in a very different kind of way. When there's pain in your own life, that's tough. But the people who love you, when they watch you go through it, they hurt in a different but a very real way. God, what's going on here? You can raise the dead. You can heal blind eyes. You healed poison ivy. Why don't you take care of this? Why? I want to believe, but you're making it hard for me. Why don't you do what I think you should do? This dad in this story is going through similar things, watching his boy grow up in agony. Probably took him to doctors, probably took him to specialists of the day. Now he brings him to disciples, to a faith healer, but none of this is working. Jesus jumps into the conversation in verse 19. He says, Oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. Wow, that's an amazing uh, type of illness that this boy has, this, this demon possession throwing him into the fire, throwing him into the water, seeking to kill him. It's a great strain on the parents, and it would be a horror that they would have to watch. Now, watch what the father says as he's speaking to Jesus. In verse nine, or chapter 9, verse 22, the man says, But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. But... If you can do anything, if you can, there's sometimes problems so big in your life, uh, you're told that nothing's going to happen, and you pray, God, if you can. You might be able to do this. I'm not sure. Others of you might say, no, I know he can do it, but the question is, I wonder if he will. He can, but why hasn't he? If you can do anything, it's a sort of kind of faith thing. I think you might be able to, but I'm not sure. 
I've seen you do other things, but I don't know if you can do it for me, if you can. Now, it's very interesting to see Jesus reply to this, if you can, because Jesus sounds offended. Verse 23, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. You see how Jesus sounds offended? If you can. How much is possible? Well, it says everything. Your marriage is like big, big trouble. You don't think it will ever work. Is it possible that God could actually heal your marriage and make it better than you? Absolutely he can. Everything is possible. Your child that you love is going down the wrong path. You've tried everything. You love them. You, make the, you see them still making dangerous decisions. Can God bring them back? There's no doubt about it. Every doctor in town says six months or less. Could God heal that person? Unquestionably, everything is possible. Now this dad is freaking out. If there was one thing you could change, it would be my son. God heal him. I'd trade places with him. This is the one thing. Some of you have one thing that's very real to you. If this one thing could be different, just touch me in this one area, God. Just do this one thing, God. Heal this one relationship, God. Just give me hope. Just this one area. If you can, please do. Jesus said, it is all possible if you believe. In verse 24, we see the father's response to this. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed. We're going to talk about that word exclaimed in a minute, but let's just read it. The boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, sort of. I do, do believe, but not completely. I want to believe wholeheartedly, and sometimes I do, but then things haven't been working out, so it's kind of difficult for me to believe. I want to believe, and I did last week, but I don't have so much faith right now. I want to believe, but I'm just not sure that I can. I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. That was what the father exclaimed. That word exclaimed is actually kradzo in the Greek. And kradzo means to croak like a raven or a crow croaks or screams to call out loud, to shriek. So this wasn't just a, a verbal thing. This man was croaking, screaming out, I do believe, help me in my unbelief. The passion of this desperate father is definitely seen. From very deep within, he's struggling with his doubts. He wants to believe. Why is it that we want to have the faith of a child, but yet we don't? Why is it that we have the, this tension, the questions, these faith struggles? Let me just suggest three, three possible obstacles to real faith. Now, many of us have dealt with all three of these, or at least one of them. The first is sign-demanding faith. This is an obstacle to real faith, a sign-demanding faith. God, if you would just get me out of this, I'll follow you forever. If you will just give me a sign, then I'll know that you're real. Now, how many of us have done something like that? The problem is a sign is not the real thing. You're looking for a hotel. 
and you're on the highway and there's a sign that says hotel 1.5 miles. Well, you don't go to sleep on the sign. It's not the real thing. Too many people want to sleep on the sign. I need to see a sign. The sign simply points to the real thing. And the real thing is Jesus. If I just, if you just help me pass this test, Jesus, I'll serve you forever. And you get a C, but you go on doing your own thing. Oh God, just get me off this roller coaster alive and you can have my life. I almost had that when the Guardians of the Galaxy in Disney's California Adventure Park. It was absolutely scary, um, but I survived. Pastor Greg Rochelle of uh, Life Church had a story about this uh, when he, before he became a believer, when he was in youth group. He says, I did more deals with God growing up than anybody I know. God, just do this, and so on. I was a teenager and I went to our church's youth group. We had this very big trip. We went to a Striper concert. Now, Striper was a Christian rock band um, back in the uh, 80s. I was at this concert and they were going crazy and I was feeling, oddly enough, drawn to God spiritually. And they said, we're going to throw out free Bibles. And I remember thinking, okay, let's do this thing, God. If you're real, I'm going to catch one of those free Bibles. That's the deal. Prove it, okay? I looked at the guy next to me. I can take him out. That girl, I can take her out. I can get these people out of the way. Get one close to me, God, and that will prove that you're real. So I'm positioned, I'm waiting for this Bible, and all of a sudden, one comes from the guitar player. I, I didn't see it. It pegged me right in the head. God, give me a sign. I'm hit in the head with a Bible. Next night, I'm drunk as a skunk, still living my life my own way. All right, give me a sign. The problem with the sign is, it's not the real thing. It points to the real thing. A second obstacle to real faith is second-hand faith. Maybe you grew up with some Christians in your family, or neighbors who were Christians, or grandma was a Christian. Maybe you went to church occasionally with family, Christmas, Easter. Maybe you got baptized as a little kid and went to confirmation classes. Maybe you went to some Sunday school, got an extra point for bringing your friend, a star for doing your Bible verse. You grew up close to the things of God, but the faith that others have had never become your own. Maybe mom's a strong Christian, or dad is strong in his faith, or grandma, or the people you hang out with, but it's never been your own faith. There is no such thing as second-hand faith. Jesus asked, hey, who do other people say I am? And oh, 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 the disciples said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah the prophet. Jesus looks right at Peter and he says, Peter, who do you say that I am? That's the question. Who do you say Jesus is? Doesn't matter what mom or grandma believe. What do you believe? A third obstacle to real faith is self-centered faith. Self-centered faith. King me. Okay, God, here's what you're going to do. You're going to do this in this way at this time. When it's done, we're good, you and I. But when God doesn't, you go, God, where are you? You didn't do what I asked you to do. Forget you. I'm doing all of this. I went to the Bible study. I tried to be good. All I asked you to do is get me the promotion. I didn't get the promotion. So I'm not going to go to church. 
That'll teach you, God. King me puts ourselves in the place of God, and it's a very self-centered faith. How do you grow past that? How do we have childlike faith of a four-year-old? There are two scriptures, I think, that are going to help us with this. Let them speak to you about faith, belief, trust in Jesus. To build faith, we have to immerse ourselves in God's word. It's living and it builds faith. In Romans 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Did you hear that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Not by hearing the latest self-help person or by reading the best-selling book or by listening to Pastor Dwight's sermons. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. That's where the power is. If you want to get in good shape, you start to eat the right things and you start to do the right activities. If you want faith, you have to feed and renew your mind on God's word. It becomes part of your life. Maybe you go to the gym and you get bigger muscles. Well, listen to God's word and it makes your faith bigger. The times when I am in doubt are times when I'm not in his word the way I should be. You might ask, well, where do I start? The Bible's a big book. There's lots of things. Well, do you know just 15 minutes a day, you will read through the whole Bible in one year. I use uversion.com. And it has a plan on there that every day pops up on my phone and has me the readings and I just read through that. Now it took me a couple of years to get into a full habit of doing that. There are days I forgot or days that were on holidays and I forgot. But you know, after a while doing it every day, you begin to read and you really miss that opportunity to let God build into you to eat and to exercise. You might respond, well, some things still don't make sense to me as I read the Bible. Well, they might not, but they might in a year. Feed yourself on the word. It renews your mind out of the garbage of this world into the truth of the kingdom of God, and then your faith begins to grow. But it's not just reading the word of God. We must also act on it. Don't just believe in it. We believe it. Scripture says the demons believe in God. We don't just believe in his word. We believe it in such a way that we're willing to stake our lives on it. We're willing to act on it. James 2.26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Faith without working is dead. Faith without taking action is dead. Faith without living it on Monday is dead. We put our faith in the heart, the character, and the nature of God. Real faith just doesn't hinge on the outcome. Real faith depends on the heart, the character, and the nature of God. The father in our story this morning needed a miracle. He cried out, he kradzo, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Here's what happened in the story, verse 25. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. 
The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. This little boy was healed by the power of a good God. Our God is a God of miracles. But my faith is not in the outcome. My faith is in the character of God. It is in the heart of who God is. He is a good God. And we need that childlike faith, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the story that we looked at a couple of weeks ago. They said, we love the one true God. But the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm sick of hearing about your God. You guys bow down and worship my God right now, or I'll kill you by throwing you in the fire. And then these guys said one of the greatest faith statements ever. You go ahead and throw us in the fire, but we will not worship your God because our God will deliver us. That's faith. But an even higher level of faith said, and even if he doesn't, we will not worship your false God. We will still believe. Our God can. Our God will. But even if he doesn't, we will still believe. The faith of a child. Faith, belief, trust. Do you believe God? Do you trust Jesus? Or do you have a sort of kind of faith? There's a little skit that was done on a video, and I'm going to show it right now, that it's called, uh, you've probably done that exercise with your friends where you, have, where you trust them and you have to fall into their arms. Well, watch this as one of the actors is Jesus and one of the actors is a disciple. Jesus, I just don't trust you. You don't trust me? No, I mean, I want to trust you. I just don't. <laughs> I have an exercise that I think will really help you. Oh, okay. Stand here and face this direction. Mm -hmm. Now, do you trust me? Uh, no, I just said I don't trust you. All right, well, this is all part of the exercise. Oh, all right. Okay. Whenever I ask you if you trust me, you say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't. It's practice. Okay. So, do you trust me? Uh, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Are you going to catch me? Don't worry about that part. Okay, that's the part I'm worried about. <laughs> You can do this, okay? Just trust me. Trust you. Fall back. Okay, well, Jesus, I trust Good. you. Yes, I do trust you. I'm gonna fall okay. back. Woo! Oh, okay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay. Let's try this again. Just face this direction and keep your feet planted, okay. all right? Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Okay, I'm gonna do it. All right. I'm really going to do it. <laughs> okay. Good. Ah! Oh, Jesus, you really caught yeah! me. I didn't think you were going to catch me, but you did. Oh, that was great. That was great. You're ready for level two. Level two, here yes. I come, baby. Woo! Whoa. Whoa. Okay, hold it. Oh, you know what? You're too close. You need to move back. Ah, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this one's a little bit different, Laura. Oh, okay. Uh, stand here. Uh-huh. But face me. Forward fall. Okay. I can do that. Wait. Whoa. Okay. Um, wait for my signal. Oh, right. The Jesus signal. Yes. The okay. Jesus signal. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus. I trust you so much. Good. Fall back. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. Especially when you do it. <laughs> Seriously? Of course. Okay, Jesus. I don't know if you noticed this, but there is nobody over there. I know it looks that way to you. It looks that way. 
that way. It is that way. You can do this, Laura. Just trust me and fall back. Jesus, I can't do that. We can do it together. I can't. You can. I won't. Take a moment to consider where you need a miracle. And let me pray for you. Father, for everyone with a need today, we thank you that you are the one who meets the needs of people. We worship you, we honor you, and we put our faith in you. God, we ask you for a miraculous outcome by faith. We believe that all things are possible, so we ask for what others would say would be impossible. We ask for relationships that look like they're dead to be healed. We ask for children who are going the wrong way to come back to you. We pray for bodies that are broken and sick to be healed and made whole. We pray for those who are hurting financially. As they are faithful to you, God, you will be faithful to them. God bless them miraculously. Lord, we pray for those who are far from you. May your Holy Spirit draw them close in a moment. And Lord, we pray for those who have been crushed by unanswered prayer, that their faith would not be in what they see, but their faith would be in you. Father, would you do miracles? We know you can. We believe you will. And when you do, we will worship you for it. If you don't do things our way, we're going to worship you anyway, because we trust your heart, your character, your nature, and your goodness. God, we surrender to you and ask for your very, very best, worshiping you every step of the way. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me leave you with a benediction for this week coming from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Paul says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for watching. Have a blessed week.